Uh, well, hello there, everyone. Good evening, church. My name is Nick Tangonan. That's my first time I've ever said my last name, I think. <clears throat> but I'm the worship and teaching pastor here at Collective Church, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to be up here. Um, yeah, just like 30 seconds ago, I, <laughs> I checked this mic. This is the mic for the recording stuff, and it wasn't going through, so I was like, oh, time to, you know, come in clutch under pressure, and I, I got it working, but um, so thankful to be here. Um, uh, so a few things from the church, like it was really cool. The uh, past two days, we got the opportunity to uh, host a young adults um, event where just a whole, a whole bunch of young adults came into this building and just worshiped, and um, people gave their lives to the Lord. Um, and we just got to see the Lord work in really awesome ways. So I'm just really thankful that we got to be a part of that and just a little celebration of that. Um, uh, so thankful for Jane and Levi uh, to lead us in worship. Um, yeah, so sad that this is a last time for a little bit, but um, thank you because you guys gave me a break. <laughs> but anyways, Let's just go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into this um, sermon. Uh, God, I just thank you that this is, um, this is your day. Uh, this is your church. We are your people. Thank you that you continue to keep us in your hands. Lord, I just come before you humbly um, that, Lord, I, I, I don't feel like this is, like, I don't feel confident up here. I don't feel ready. I don't feel like... I'm worthy of even being up here, Lord. Um, there's a lot of the, the voices in my head right now telling me that I, I shouldn't be speaking, that I shouldn't be telling your word, that I shouldn't be spreading the good news. But Lord, calm my mind. I know that those are lies because, Lord, you have something amazing in store for this church. You have something amazing in store for whatever you have. Lord, I, I just pray that you work your will tonight and that you just speak through me. Um, Lord, I want to surrender myself and be a vessel for you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, and amen. 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 So uh, one of the questions that I want to ask today is, do we know the difference between Jesus' deity and our humanity? Um, see, oftentimes we need, to, we need to remind ourselves of just how insufficient we are. In our own strength and what we do, we need to remind ourselves that it is not us that, that do the miracles, that do the transforming, that change people's lives. Yes, we can play a part, but the true transformation of the heart and the renewing of the mind is, is from the Lord. And so we are not the saviors of someone's life. We are not the ones that can be the ones to ultimately um, bring them to eternity. That doesn't mean that we aren't a part of it. It doesn't mean that we aren't invited to be a part of it. But to see God's working in miracles is an amazing opportunity for us. And it should be something that we, that it shouldn't be something that we feel owed to or that we should expect. Because in reality, it is not on our power. It is not on our will. But he does invite us into it. See, his will, what he, what he has planned, his good and perfect will, will ultimately prevail in the, good, in the grand schemes of good and evil. That is what we believe in. That is the hope that we believe in. But he does invite us to be a part of it. It's a matter of us deciding whether we want to be a part of it. 
to take on the task of, of being a servant of the Lord, of accepting the love and sharing the love, of allowing ourselves to be transformed. See, it is, it is great to have an expectation for God to work because I believe that God can work in our obedience, in our faith, God can work. But I don't ever want to be expectant of how he's going to work, that he's only going to work a specific way. Because if I stay in one place of believing that he works in a specific way, then I'm expecting him to worship the altar of my own understanding. And that's putting God in a box of, of, of things that only I believe that he can do. See, God is a God that is above it all and that, that knows it all and that can do it all. But may we remember that he is not a dictator, but a loving father, someone that wants to invite his children in to be a part of his work. And so again, can we remind ourselves of the difference between Jesus' deity and our own humanity? Today I'm going to be going through John 2, verse 1 through 11. This is the story of Jesus turning water to wine. And... Um, I really think that this was a fitting passage for this. Um, I was really excited to teach on this. Um, it, it really outlines just how, how all-powerful Jesus is and how much of an opportunity we have to come alongside him, to walk with him, to, to walk towards his will, to walk towards what he has for us as his people, for us as his children. So I want to go ahead and just dive into it, read it, and then we'll get into the rest of the sermon. Um, but before that, let's go ahead and pray one more, not one more time. We're gonna, we're gonna, we'll probably pray a little bit more, but let's pray again. Um, Lord God, I just uh, pray over your word. Thank you that this is your word, and it's not just a history book, but it's living word. Um, again, Lord, let us just have open ears and open hearts and open minds to hear what you have for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn, drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, but then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Amen. Amen. See, I love this famous story, the famous story of Jesus' first miracle. And like, what a way to start it, turning water to wine, doing this, 
doing this, it's, it seems like such a simple thing. It doesn't have like a lot of like cultural impact. It doesn't like, it doesn't change the way a lot of people think because it's just a drink turning water to wine. This is not like some of his later stories of healing a blind man or healing an invalid. But there's still so much significance in what he did in this story. See, it's turning water to wine. It's this amazing transformation that connects greatly to our lives, which is something that I'll talk about later in the sermon. Um, But it starts with him telling his mother, Mary, that now this isn't my hour. My hour has not yet come. This is not my time. This is hinting to um, what is said in the gospel a little bit later, that, that his hour has come. Whenever the blood that he sheds will cover our sins, cover, cover everything that we will ever do. And it's symbolized in the way of wine. But, in, but after all, he decides, okay, I'm going to, to get the wine. And Mary tells the servants, do whatever, do whatever he tells you. And I think there, there's significance in that because Apart from any of that, I don't think Mary like, knew how it was going to work, but she had faith that he was going to work. He had faith that Jesus was going to do something. And so she said to the servants, just go and do what he says, because, because she may not know what he was going to do, but knew that he was going to move, knew that he was going to work. And so the reality of it was, was that he ended up using what he had available right there, whatever was was in the building, whatever was in the area, and used that. It was the six six water pots that were 20 to 30 gallons, and that's what he used to fetch the water that turned to wine. And so it brings me to my first point, and my first point is let God work with what you have. See, God can use whatever he wants to perform his will. It is by any, it is anything that he, he wants to use. It could be significant. It could be small. He could use six water pots that were used for, for the Jews for their ceremonial washings. It could be just like what Levi talked about a few weeks ago, Shamgar using an ox goad, a farmer's tool. But he used that farmer's tool to kill 600 Philistines and save Israel. God can use whatever it is that is right there. It is a matter of if you allow him to use that. Because if you think that God can't, he can. In all actuality, he can. It's a matter of if he decides, oh, I'm going to do it. But see, again, like I said earlier, he will not worship the altar of our own understanding. He will not worship... um, what we believe he's going to do. He's not going to confine, conform to what we have as a thought of him. Because he is the one that is above any of that. He is the one that, that is above any, any words that we can have to describe him. Any of those adjectives that people have come up with, Old English, New English, any other language to describe God, he's even above that. So he's not only outside of the box 
that we have him in to describe him, but also in the form of miracles and what he can do. He has the ability to do the miracles in whatever way he sees fit. Because he is the one that that ultimately used the farmer's tool to save Israel. He is the one that used six 20 to 30 gallon water pots filled to the brim to make wine. And so oftentimes I think um, I think that there's, there's this disconnect with that, that we, we, we think that it needs to be added onto something. We need something added onto what we have to make it great. We need to add to what we have to make it amazing, to make it worth glorifying God in. That we need, that we need something new, something exciting, something cool, something trendy. But oftentimes, God just says, no, let me just use what you have. Let me use what is in front of you. If it needs refining, if it needs going forward, okay, maybe that will be the case and I will do it. But as for now, I just want the willingness of my child to follow, walk in the ways that I have planned and go forth. Which brings me, this brings me to my second point of him not wanting to add but to transform. See, Jesus is in the business of transformation. The servants, whenever they filled the water pots with water, they didn't fill it halfway, they didn't fill it three quarters of the way, they filled it up to the brim. But what that means is, is that there was no room for anything to be added. If something was added, it would spill over. And so the whole point of this, of it being filled to the brim, is that Jesus wasn't looking to add anything to the water to make it into wine, but he was going to transform it into wine. It was going to go from water straight to wine. It wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be anything else added to it. It was going to be a miracle in itself. And that is so true for our lives, what we have um, and what we have in Christ. See, he is in the business of transformation in our hearts, in our minds. He is the one that wants to transform us and has the ability to. Because we need to remember that we can come as we are and it is coming as we are that we have the ability to to be transformed. It is not by adding things to make us look better. It is, not, it is not fixing ourselves up, but it is going forth, not adding, adding anything to it, but just, seeing, just remembering that it is through his power that we can be transformed. So let us become these vessels that are open to be fill, being filled to the brim and not to have things added, but to faithfully just sit and be with the Lord so that we can be transformed into something new, into something amazing. So let us not love him with a half-filled pot of water, but love him fully to the brim. Let us repent fully. 
let us trust fully and allow him to transform us into something new, not through what, we, what can be added, but what can be done through him, the one that has the power to transform us, the one that has the power to see us as we are, as the humans that we are, as the broken people that we are, and say, I can work with this. I can transform this. This is a life that I want to change. This is someone that I want to meet in heaven. So again, it is not anything that we do to transform, but because he is the one in the business of transformation. He is the one that, that can do it. He is the one that, that will do it with our willing hearts, with our obedient hearts. Which brings me to my third point, which is we are not needed, but we are invited. See, he, he didn't need the servants to do it, but he gives them the opportunity to see and be a part of this miracle and this blessing. See, oftentimes, whenever I look at a lot of the stories in the Bible and also in my life, I just think about how often God could just do it in the snap of a finger. He could have filled that water pot with, with wine. The snap of a finger, he could have just pointed at it and says, wine, and it's there. It's possible. God can do it. If we believe that he's all-powerful, he could do it. But one of the cool things is that he overdoes it. That he overperforms and the way that we look at it, he overperforms because he invites us in to be a part of what, of what he wants to do. See, we're not needed, but we are invited. Because praise God that he, that he overdoes it. Praise God that he overdoes it because we get to look and see in, the, in our life, in our testimonies, that we can testify that we were able to see God's working. The only people that knew in this story that the water was turned into wine were the servants that got the water. And now they can simply testify that they got to see this miracle, that they got to see the power of Jesus. And that's the amazing truth in God overdoing it, that he, he, he continues to overdo it in, in the stories of the Bible so praise God that he overdoes it because if not, we wouldn't get the opportunity to testify, to experience, to be a part of, to share in the blessing of seeing the miracles, seeing the workings of God. Amen. And it's really cool because the servants under the direction of Jesus, they were in a unique place for this blessing, for this miracle, for what uh, Jesus had planned for this. Jesus didn't want, didn't want to just do it just like that. He wanted the cooperation of man. He wanted the cooperation of people that were in his life. He wanted the cooperation. Because again, he could have filled those pots himself. He could have easily created some sort of liquid that would turn into wine. See, the God that I believe in, I believe he could do it really easily. But again, he invites us in. 
because he knew that if the servants shared in the work, they, can sh- they could share in the blessing. And they could testify. Because this is, I think for myself, if I was in that position, I would talk about that a lot. Water turning to wine. This, this miracle, this thing that I would never have expected to happen. It is what, it is what did happen. But again, the servants did not do the miracle. Their, their efforts alone, what they did, were completely insufficient. But it is because of their obedience to Jesus, they shared in the joy of the miracle. Remember that it is a blessing and an opportunity to see lives changed, to see eternities changed, to see people transformed. Oftentimes, obedience in the eyes of of many looks stupid. Obedience towards the Lord. Especially if God wasn't faithful. But the true reality of it is, is that God is faithful. So whenever we take the opportunity to walk in in, in obedience with him, that's us, that's us taking the invitation and accepting the invitation of God to walk in his way, to walk in his will. Because there's so many times in the Bible where it does not make sense to do the things that people do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. To walk in that fire. For the disciples, whenever, whenever they came to take Jesus away, and Jesus say, this is, this is my time. My hour has come. And they, 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 they didn't do anything. But for, for three years, it was, it was Jesus that they were with. And they just had to say, okay, I guess, I guess we're, we're stopping. These, these things of obedience, they, look, they could look stupid if God was not faithful, but praise God that he's faithful. Praise God that he continues to show up. Praise God that as we follow in obedience to him, he will continue to work his will. And finally, point four um, is that the best is yet to come. See, Jesus, Jesus didn't just make, miraculously make wine, but he made good wine. He made the best wine. See, imagine at the end of your life, the beginning of your eternity, you know that the best will be getting to be face to face with Jesus. The one that died on the cross for our sins. The one that we've had a personal relationship with. The one that is closer than a brother, closer than a friend. That sees us as a beautiful creation made in his image. 
the best is yet to come. Because as we remember in the story, whenever they took it to the wine to the master of the banquet and then to the bridegroom, the master of the banquet said, people usually give the best wine out first. But Jesus decided to give the best wine at the end. It's beautiful that Jesus is countercultural in that way. Because oftentimes the way that the enemy works is that he'll, he'll show the good, he'll show the pleasures, the lusts, the, the things that are attractive. But in the end, we'll give the worst. In the end, we'll show the shame, make you feel the guilt for the things that you've done, the person that you've been. But it's beautiful that, that the Lord works in a totally different way. That although, yes, there's the, the good wine, there's, a, there's a, the cool things that happen throughout, the best is still yet to come. The best is yet to come from the Lord. That whenever we do, at the end of our life here on earth, and at the beginning of our eternity, we get to see Jesus face to face the one that we've been talking to, writing letters to, singing about, the one that I'm talking about. We get to look and see him face to face and I think that is going to be the best thing ever. Because in that day, again, we will, we will see Jesus, the source of our peace, the source of our love, our heavenly Father, the one that has never looked to hurt us, but to find us and embrace us. And as a clarifying thing, I, this doesn't mean that there isn't good things that will happen. I bet there is still probably some good wine at the, at the wedding. There's probably going to be good things, but... Just may we remember the hope and the fact that the best is yet to come. And so as we go into this time of uh, silence and solitude, if this is your first time, um, silence and solitude, we spend 10 minutes um, just with the Lord. I'll give a prompt and we'll just spend this time in silence, give you a chance to be with the Lord. Um, but I wanted to circle back to what I was talking about with transformation. So may we remember that it is Jesus that is the one that is, that is in the business of transformation. He is not in the business of condemnation, of shame, of guilt, but he is the one in the business of transformation to look at us and say, okay, this is, this is what I want you to go towards. He wants to see us transform towards what he has for us. Like it says in Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God is a source that can renew your mind towards what is truly good. So let, let's just spend time with the Lord now. 
This is a time when we get to talk with the Lord that is in the business of transformation. And simply, I just want you to write a letter to him to reveal what needs transforming. Not necessarily adding. Not things that that you can add to to make it better. But things that, that, that you want to surrender so that he can transform your mindset, transform what you think of. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's your friendship, your community. Maybe it's the amount of alone time you have with the Lord. But just write a letter. Talk about your day. And just ask the Lord to reveal what needs transforming. Not what needs adding, but what needs transforming.
we are not needed, but we are invited to walk with Jesus, the one that is in the business of transformation. So let God simply use what you have and begin to see that the best is yet to come. See, Jesus is the one that wants to be there with you to transform you, transform your mind, renew your mind. It's a beautiful thing to see that Jesus can use what you have to do something great. And it's even amazing, especially if it's in your own life, the transformation of your heart, getting to have a new perspective, a fresh perspective on life, on each other, each of us being made in the image of God, getting to look at each other and realizing the love that God has for both, for all, We are not invited, or we are not needed, but we are invited. And there's beauty in that. God wants to use what you have. There's beauty in that. Jesus is in the business of transformation. And the best is yet to come. I'll go ahead and invite Jane and Levi up here, but to, uh, for this, uh, this week, for this spiritual discipline this week, um, I, I, just, I just really felt like I wanted to just encourage you guys with a simple prayer, something that you guys can pray once this week. Maybe it's every day. Maybe it's every 20 minutes. Whatever you feel seems fit. And unfortunately, I didn't get a slide up here for it, but I'll, I'll repeat it. Um, but this prayer, the simple prayer is, God, I am insufficient on my own. Help me to remember that it is because of you that beautiful things can happen, that transformation can happen. Help me to remember that you are God. Again, God, I am insufficient on my own. Help me to remember that it is because of you that beautiful things can happen, that transformation can happen. Help me to remember that you are God. Lord, I just thank you that this was, that this was your day, that this was your sermon. Um, I just pray that as we go forth in this week that we can remember that in this prayer, it is a surrender to you that you are God that we are insufficient. But even though we are insufficient, you still want us to be a part of your will, of what you have for us. God, let us go forth remembering the love that you have for us, the purpose that you give us, the transformation that is available through you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.